Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy, Romance, and all of the wonderful places they intersect. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Today is Thursday, uh, November 12th. I had to look. <laughs> and I'm back on Instagram Live. It's weird. The other day, the um, button just simply wasn't there, and now it has reappeared. Uh, it's funky how the internet things work that way, huh? Uh, those of you on uh, the listening end don't care. But today I've got my shiny, stripy gold coffee cup. I got this in Omaha at the department store that Warren Buffett owns. I, what's the name of it? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, I went there to visit my friend Al and Calhoun. Not Al, but Ann Calhoun <laughs> a few years ago, and um, and we went to the store, and it was very fun because they would let you. They they have all sorts of jewelry. I mean, the the coffee cups were kind of incidental. It's mainly a jewelry store. I called it a department store, didn't I? It's a jewelry store, and they let you try on the jewelry, <laughs> and I found like this amazing elaborate diamond necklace that was just gorgeous and got to try it on and I guess that's like their policy and people just go there so that they could try things on and it does make you feel incredibly fancy <sighs> but I got a fancy gold coffee cup oh the other thing they did is they clean your jewelry for you so I did have my rings cleaned while I was trying on their jewelry it was a fun experience you know, not something I would have thought of to do but it was really cool um, so Corrine, look what I got for you. Do, do, do. And speaking of gold sparkly, isn't that a gorgeous cover? Uh, for those of you listening, I have to remember to divide my sensory descriptions here. Uh, for those of you listening, this is Black Sun by Rebecca Roan Horse, the new hardback from, what did put this out? Saga. Um, and it has just the most beautiful cover. It's got a little bit of that foil like I had for Orchid Throne. And it's um, got kind of a, oh, it looks like a Mayan type symbol. I should just put it on the, the podcast. Um, but it's like a lapis half face. But then it's also turning into a bird. And let's have to move out the receipt and so forth it is signed this is from our uh, local bookstore beastly books and i'll show the um, bookmark for people who can look at the video beastly books this is the bookstore that george r, r. martin owns and it carries all signed books um, so lots of local authors including moi and you can order my books there. You can get copies of um, Fiery Crown and Orchid Throne from them if you like. And um, it's a fun bookstore visit. It's, um, I stopped by there yesterday after my final Manny Petty. Um, well, not my final, final ever, ever. But yesterday was kind of a demarcation point for us because it's 14 days out from Thanksgiving. And we are hoping to drive to Tucson to go see 
my folks there for Thanksgiving and I'll cook Thanksgiving dinner for us. Um, so barring big changes in anything, that's what we plan to do. So yesterday I completed all of my um, peopling errands. My manicure will have to last me three weeks over the humanity. And we are going to um, be super careful from now on. We're always careful anyway, so I don't know what the difference would be. It's it's too cold to eat outside, and I don't want to go out to dinner to eat inside right now with the pandemic continuing. So, and then next Friday, we will get the COVID test. So I need to... Um, you know, just make sure that we are good so that we don't uh, contaminate the family for Thanksgiving. We haven't seen them in a really long time, so we're hoping to get there and do that. So let's see what else is going on here. Oh, um, thank you, Library Addict, for letting me know that the interview with Penelope, with Penelope, I'm a little bit um, aphasic today with Leslie Penelope uh, was a little bit garbled on, well, on Tuesday. Um, and yeah, because her connection dropped out, we couldn't hear each other. The nice thing about Zencaster, which is what I'm using now to record um, the audio part, is that it, it keeps a copy on each person's end. So even though it did drop out, Leslie was able to send me her end, and then I could merge them. That's the plus side. The downside, of course, is that um, we were both recording on our ends and couldn't hear each other. So she's a much better editor than I am, so I'm going to ask her if she would like to go through and edit, um, maybe parse out. We should be able to parse out those two threads. Um, I don't think I'm going to do it just because it seems like a lot of time, but I'll see if she wants to. She's also much more of a perfectionist than I am, so I'm going to tell her and we'll see if she'll be able to stand it or if she'll want to fix it herself. Uh, see how wily I am? Um, I'm making good progress on Golden Griffin and the Bear Prince. It is uh, it's kind of hit, hitting its stride in the story now, which is great. I had a good day yesterday, hit my 3,000 words on Tuesday. Tuesday was just a mess of a day. I don't know what the deal was. Uh, Dorinda Jones and I sprint together, as some of you know, and we both just had, we just weren't getting anywhere on Tuesday. It's funny how some days are like that. So, but we did both enter books in RWA's new Vivian Award, so we were able to get that done on Tuesday, but I didn't quite hit my 3,000 on Tuesday, so it goes. But I am over 40, 47,000 words into the story now, and so I'm at midpoint, which is fortunately um, one of my favorite kinds of scenes to write. Not midpoint, but the kind of scene I'm writing. I will let you guess what kind of favorite scene that is. Okay, okay, I'll tell you. It's a sex scene. I love writing the sex scenes. You know, some authors moan and groan about writing the sex scenes. Uh, for me, they just fly by. And I, I kind of have to 
uh, haul myself back because it's like, how much time can I spend describing the texture of skin? <laughs> uh, you know, and other authors love writing the fight scenes. So it, it's an interesting thing. Um, a personality thing, comfort level thing. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> now it vanishes. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I don't know why that difference is why some are easier to write than others. I'm getting better at writing fight scenes. And I'll mention this for those who haven't heard me talk about this before, because the way that I have found my way around writing the kinds of scenes that I don't like to write, which tend to be like fight scenes and battle scenes, <clears throat> is that I write them in layers. So normally, whereas well, I'll write a scene from beginning to end and I'll pretty much put everything in it. Um, you know, when Leslie and I talked on the interview on Tuesday, she pointed out that that I come up with a much more polished draft after the first draft than she does. And I, I kind of quibbled and said, well, I wouldn't call it polished, but I was thinking about it. It is much more close to polished than a lot of people are on first drafts. I add stuff in, but I could probably turn in my first draft if I had to. I have done it on occasion when I had to. But for the fight scenes, what I have learned to do and what I've ended up doing on revisions anyway is to just take numerous passes at it. So I'll write my way through it and kind of do the equivalent of fast drafting, like Leslie was talking about, where you just sort of get the the bare bones on the page. And so I'll you know, sort of like hit the high points and at least get it on there and not worry about how sucky and terrible it is. And then I go back later at another time and add in more, more details. Just, I just keep adding in details. And it's in those cases, it's easier for me to revise that scene than to write it in the first place. And I'm sure that that's probably the case for sex scenes for people who don't like to write those. But I'm getting to write the culminating sex scene. And it's funny because I really thought that my characters were going to be way too tired, but it turns out they've totally gained a second wind. And <laughs> they're, they're having a good time. So I thought that it was going to be like, I actually had it in my head that it was going to be like a, a small quick bang and then he would fall asleep because he's exhausted. He's, you know, deservedly so. And that he would feel chagrined in the morning that he fell asleep and she'd be like, no, oh, you know, deservedly so. But um, so far that doesn't seem to be happening that way. So that's a, a an example of how characters will take off on that sort of thing. They uh, Sometimes the idea you have in your head is not what they follow. So, um, so yeah, I am on target to finish, although I know that there are things that I'm going to want to weave in. And so I'm wondering if I really will get this out in December or if I should just um, call it December and 
not have the pressure. I'm, I'm going to decide in a couple of weeks. Um, I do have a spot reserved for proofreading and I hate having those kinds of deadlines on the self-published stuff because you know, why, why add pressure, but it's not necessary. But at the same time, I, uh, don't want to leave my proofreader in the lurch because she's very busy. So, and I am planning to take time off over Thanksgiving. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to see where I am at the, for the week of Thanksgiving and, and go from there and see if that time off will make a, a difference because it's entirely possible by that point. Let's see. I will probably be at, yeah, I'll be coming up on 80% of the way through the draft. And usually at that point is when I want to go back and revise from the beginning. So I may just do that. And in that case, that'll put me in a little bit better position to give it to beta readers and at least let them read what I have so far and yada, yada, yada. So, so that's my plan. That's what's going on in my world. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, it's, uh, Leslie and I talked some about the post-election stuff. It's kind of good to just sort of not be thinking too much about politics and let, let the world go on. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. I'm just relaxing and concentrating on the book eyes on my own work i was thinking with um having this hardback of rebecca roan horse's black sun which i'll show on the video again so pretty so beautiful and it it makes me want covers like this sometimes i just wonder if uh if I should go to writing like full out fantasy so that I don't have to, uh, well, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be reading the back cover. I'm reading all of the wonderful, uh, blurbs, wonderful and diverse blurbs from the, uh, the fantasy epic the world needs right now. I haven't read it. I, you know, bought it for assistant Kareen and cause she really wanted to have a hard copy of it. Okay, I'm putting it aside so I can keep talking and not start reading. The uh, the perils of the bookworm, right? You can't have a book in your hands without starting to read it. <laughs> so, so yeah, sometimes I think, it, and I know this is something that I go back over a lot and I've been thinking about lately, is that it it would be nice to have a lovely epic fantasy hardback novel and will I ever have that while well, I still write so much romance crossover in my fantasy? You know, and it's funny because I've been on panels with so many authors over the years, especially women, who stopped writing romance because they would get more respect if they wrote, you know, like pure epic fantasy or pure science fiction and that sort of thing. And so I go back and forth thinking about that. I think about, you know, this kind of this kind of presentation and cover is, um, you know, it does feel more 
what's the word I want? I don't want to say respectful, but it does feel like it has a certain solidity to it that is um, is really, I don't know, enviable, something that would be nice. You know, and that's, but at the same time, then I go back and forth thinking, no, it's not, it's not fair, which is not something I often say, but you know, it's, I don't want to take the romance out just in to capitulate to some of these ideas. Oh, hi, Greta Kelly. I see that you joined. I try not to look at who's joining and waving, but uh, Greta Kelly, you should, um, when your book comes close to releasing, you should come on the podcast and uh, talk about your book. I'm always happy to do some author interviews. So while I see that you are listening, I'm going to throw that out there. We could talk about levels of romance. Uh, Greta's book, I think it's called The, the Frozen Crown. And I'll correct it in the show notes if I got that wrong. I, You know, remembering titles, gracious. Beautiful cover on that one. Um, and has a little bit of romance, but a lot less than what I typically do. But it's got a wonderful epic fantasy heroine in it. Um, well, who am I kidding? I am never going to not put romance in my books. I, I toy with it and think, uh, you know, I have... Uh, hardback epic fantasy envy at times but at the same time I'm not going to stop writing the kind of thing I write and that that's where that's where we're at with it so um looking ahead at what's happening in the next week as far as interviews and podcast topics um we got through Kelly Armstrong and Leslie Penelope, contributors to Under a Winter Sky, um, which comes out a week from today. It's amazing. Uh, something that we've been working on for a long time, but everything's uploaded. You all will be relieved to hear. So there should be no last minute Grinchlings in the works. Um, I will be posting an interview with Melissa Marr on next Tuesday morning. I'm interviewing her in the afternoon. I tried to talk her into, I always try to talk my interviewees into uh, doing a morning thing so that we really are having our first cup of coffee and that there is the coffee chat verisimilitude. And Melissa, even though she's on my same time zone, uh, informed me that she's never awake before 10 a.m. and that that just wasn't going to happen and what were the, her other options. So I said, well, I could treat you like my people from New Zealand and we could do it at like three or four o'clock in the afternoon and I'll post it the next morning and she was like, done. <laughs> so, and that is not incidentally what I'm doing with Nalini Singh the following week. Uh, I will also be interviewing her on Monday afternoon and posting that on Tuesday morning, the 24th. So, and some of you asked if I would be interviewing Grace Draven because we did the announcement that Grace was able to complete her short story, which is actually novelette length. So we did get Grace into the Under a Winter Sky anthology, and you guys asked, would I be interviewing her? And I would like to. Um, and I need to talk to her about it. She and I talked about it briefly. And so I need to um, maybe see if I could squeeze her in next week. Now that she's a little bit less crazy, she might have time for it. Although she's nocturnal, so 
Um, getting her to be awake for that could be interesting. Now that we can do Instagram Live with multiple people, it might be interesting to try to do that to get, uh, as we record the podcast, to also get the other person to jump on Instagram Live. Um, as long as I can manage multiple technologies at once, we should be golden. So um, I think that's it for me today. I will remind you all that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you will find other podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.